Why do melons have weddings? Well, it's because they can't elope. Oh, welcome to Small Business Celebration. We're continuing our series on small business owners who are rising from recession. And our guest this week is a gardening business, a landscaping business that's been around for 50 plus years and is continuing to grow. This is Small Business Celebration. Join us as we learn from successful business owners and successful business leaders about who they are, from where their business has grown, what they have learned, and where their successful business is going. I'm your host, Michael I. Roberts, and we're gonna learn something that you can use today to grow a strong and profitable business. Welcome to Small Business Celebration, and our guest this week is Dan Manji, the co-owner of Manji Landscape Company. Welcome to Small Business Celebration. Great to be here, Michael. And for visitors who don't know who you are, who are you, and what is it that you do? I'm Dan Manji, the co-owner, as my wife always reminds me, <laughs> uh, of uh, Manji Landscape Companies and also uh, the gardens at Manji. We are sitting here in the the wedding reception area, mm -hmm. the wedding venue here mm -hmm. at Manji Gardens, mm -hmm. and it's absolutely beautiful. If you haven't been here to Manji Gardens, you've got to come here. It's just, it's a wonderful place to relax, be able to, to, to get your zen back, as it were, and also get some ideas for landscaping for your business and for your home. And we're here talking to Dan because he's one of the, the top landscape, if not the top, uh -huh. landscape artists here in Kern County. And you did not start this business on your own, did you? No, I didn't. Uh, it was actually founded by my father in 1953, uh -huh. Fred Mangi. Uh -huh. And uh, it uh, was a much smaller company at the time, and, right. and the garden was uh, not here. But, uh, <laughs> but it, was a, it was a different place. Right, right. A different time. You have always been involved with the family business right from the beginning. Right from the beginning. The business grew and expanded, and eventually you took over the family business. What do you do differently now that you and your wife own the business than when your father owned it? Well, when my father owned this business, it was a much smaller business. Mm. My father uh, really was into managing every part of the business as far as the installations through the writing all the checks doing all of the and it was basically my father and myself mm. so it was a two-man and a part-time employee okay so that worked two to three days a week now when my father there was you know, i have three other brothers right so as they worked and we all worked as children right uh from a very early age i was sharing this story just not too long ago with uh my assistant that I actually, when my father, when I went into the first grade, that's when I went to work. Very early on in the family so business, yeah. My, and I really realized how, what an effort that was on his part mm -hmm. to take a child that small to work. Right. But all of my older brothers were also working. So at different times in the company's history, there may have been four or five people involved in the operation of the company. Right. But as they went through school, and it was an after-school job, it was uh, until they got out of high school, and then they pretty much left the business. So uh, 
Uh, I continued to stay in the business from the moment I got out of high school and all the way through. So basically, I grew up in this business. How has the business changed since you've taken over? Well, when my father founded the company, there were only three other landscape contractors in Bakersfield. There's an over 100 now. And wow. So <laughs> it's, it's, uh, it's changed a lot. We moved from you know, two, two basic parties working in the business in a part-time employee to, uh, you know, we have uh, over 30 people employed here. And then and also the subsequent contractors that also involved in the venue. So uh, it's, it's changed a lot. We have a huge 20,000 square foot garden here built right here in Kern County. And everyone says the same thing. I can't believe it's here. <laughs> so, uh, uh, you know, we, we, uh, it's, it's ch changed dramatically. What Dan has done here in these gardens is remarkable, but there's a very key element from a business perspective about the development of these gardens. What was your philosophy? What happened? And, and how did it transform and grow your business? Well, it really started with my father, you know, having a tremendous amount of inventory of plant material that he would keep to draw from because he was an artist. Right. And when it came to it, he wanted the different colors and textures available to him. He didn't want to have to order it in order to get it. In time. In sure. time. Right. So he kept a huge amount of inventory and I watered that inventory for, uh, and it took a huge amount of time for me to do that. And during the summer months, you'd have to water in the morning, you'd have to water in the afternoon. Right, right. And I used to tell my father years ago, I said, you know, we should bring our customer, our clients in to have them look at the plant material and view it because it, it was albeit like a nursery because nurseries are kind of in rows and right, right. and they have little signs that, that indicate how much the price of a plant is and I never my vision was never to have that my vision was to be able to create a space that people could come in and and relax and get the feeling of what a garden is all about. Mm. So my, my father said, if you spend enough time in somebody's home, the garden will tell you what it needs. Right. So and that was the whole concept behind the, the gardens at Manji, because it, it really is a place where people can see how what we draw on a plan is going to be put in the space in their home. When they actually experience what it's like to come into a space like this, it really is connection with nature and being able to, it's a much deeper connection than it would be. But with, with suppliers, it's the same way. Mm. They want to be involved because they know, and, and everybody gets hit up, well, and in our business, this is the number one thing they'll say, well, I, I want you to give me my lights, or uh, I want this stone, or I want this, or I want that. It goes on and on. Right, can I get it for free from you? Basically, and I'm going to put it at my house. Oh, there you go. Yeah, because so I mean? many people come to my house. As right, ever, right, so many right. clients come to my house. <clears throat> I'll show it there. And, <laughs> and this is not my house. I have people ask me all the time, do you live here? Because it's so beautiful. <laughs> right, sure. And uh, I said, no, this is not my home. This is my showroom. This is basically a garden showroom, and it is a place where people can really... Uh, relax and enjoy themselves and bring their kids. Kids love the garden. You know, it just brings me great joy when I, when I see how the smiles on, uh, on the faces of people that walk through here and enjoy the space. 
The key, in addition to this being a fantastic showroom, is that you actually buy all the material for this from your vendors. Right. Why does this make it such a positive impact on your vendors? I buy the material from them, and I also uh, make a much larger commitment than they would ever make mm. in, in building it. Mm -hmm. You know, when this was all on paper a few years ago with the venue that you're sitting in right now. Right. And when I start to develop it, and I already developed the other side of the garden, and we had a, a great participation, participation with our uh, vendors then, and uh, because of the fact that they, they could see the vision. And I right. said, you know, people are going to come in here. Right. And uh, they're going to see a space, and they're going to see your product. Right. Uh, what we're sitting on right here is Belgard Pavers, mm -hmm. the largest paver manufacturer in the world. <clears throat> and uh, Belgard supplied everything for this studio. And uh, basically it came about because they wanted to have people exposed to it. Because I said, you cannot sell pavers when they're standing or sitting on a wall in a space this big. Right, right. You, just, you right. don't get a vision of it. Right. But when you walk on it here. You can see it. You can see it. You can feel it. You can see the quality and the fact that it's never going to crack. And if it does, it's going to be very easily replaced. But this also leads to trust. Trust. With your vendors right. as well. Because they know that you're not trying to pull one over them. Mm -hmm. Why is this philosophy so important for the long run? Well, so for, for me, it was a, it's a culture that I was raised with, you know, is that, you know, uh, there there's, has to be a mutual respect for the vendor as well as for our company. It's got to be good for both of us. I want them to win and I want to win. Right. And so part of that winning experience is to be able to uh, display it properly and to make the financial commitment. The reason why you don't see this in every one of the other hundred contractors is because it costs a lot of money. It sure does. You know, my wife reminds me, and that's why I said my <laughs> wife's a co-owner, because, you know, we don't have a beach house. Right. I don't have a huge RV. Right. I don't have a boat. But you've got one sexy showroom. I've got one beautiful show, and, and this has been a lifelong dream. This is something that just didn't happen. It's been a dream since I was a young boy to be able to build a beautiful space. I go to botanical gardens all over the United States and in the world. And every everyone I go to, I, I enjoy spending time and seeing the smiles. I mean, you can't be unhappy and be in a garden. No. So I'm in the feel good business. If visioneers want to come here to the gardens. You certainly are invited to. We're right here in Bakersfield, California at 9401 Shellabarger Road. Uh, right off of Callaway and Brimhall if you're in the Bakersfield area. How can people get in touch with you? They can call me at 661-588-8067. Uh, what was that number again? 661-588-8067. Okay. And they can go on our website at uh, mangilandscape.com. Lands mangilandscapecompany.com. And how do you spell Mangi? M-O-N-J-I. Are you on social media? Yeah, they can find us on, I believe, all of them. Now that, Now you're going to get into a, a whole world of things that I don't understand or even get involved with. <laughs> That's Aaron's job, your son. And, and, and like I said, <laughs> I've never turned a computer. I have an iPad now, and I use it to show photos. Right. But basically, I tell clients, call me. I'm old school. Call me. Uh, uh, but you can text, 
uh, and I do do text somewhat, but I'm not much into the. But my daughter does a lot of the social media side of it. I know that we're we're on all of the major. Uh, they tune into Manja Landscape, they'll find us there somewhere. And if you enjoy Small Business Celebration, go ahead and like, subscribe, and notify, and leave a comment. We love the comments that you give us here on YouTube as well as on iTunes. And when we come back, we're going to delve more into the, the business side of landscaping, and more importantly, how do you communicate the value of your business to your prospects and customers when we come right back. Toastmasters is a major sponsor of the Small Business Celebration program. In fact, Small Business Celebration started off as an advanced level Toastmasters project. Toastmasters is an organization that can help you learn how to communicate what you do for the people you serve. So join Toastmasters. Go to toastmasters.org forward slash find a club and join a club that can help you communicate what you do to the people you serve. Go to toastmasters.org forward slash find a club and learn how you can communicate more clearly to the people you serve. Go to toastmasters.org forward slash find a club today. We're here with Dan Manji, the co-owner of Manji Landscape Company, and our visionary question comes from Galen who asks, how do you clearly explain to a customer how your products or services will make their lives better? That's a good, good question, Galen. <laughs> and I'll tell you, you'd have to go to NASA for that. <laughs> okay. You know, okay. The fact of the matter is, is that NASA has done extensive research about the oxygen output by plants. Right. So we t I talk about how there is a real science to our business. Mm. And then also that there is a, a and, they, and I haven't been on the internet a lot, but I know that the internet, I went to a conference in Chicago, uh, all on, on the effects of gardens that can have on, on the body right. and, and also the mind. Mm. So when you look at it, and the reason why I say the oxygen output is that it stands to reason that the air is cleaner in this garden than it is out on the street. Mm. These, you've got thousands of plants literally cleaning the air. So I talk about that. Oh. Then I talk about the quality of life, too. You know, Everybody has been to a beautiful resort, or if they haven't, have been somewhere where it's absolutely beautiful, how it makes them feel. Because mm -hmm. a garden should really make you feel better. Right. A garden can draw you out of your home, and the air is not as great inside as it is outside. So the more I can get somebody's family outside the better it's going to be and i love it when a client tells me dan there's a big difference my father said you know yards are in prisons gardens are in homes uh, very good yes we'll let our competition build the yards right we'll build the gardens and so when it comes to building great gardens it takes time and it takes planning but it does improve your life dramatically to have a beautiful garden. We've had clients that never gardened before in their life that spend more time outside than they ever have any time before. So to answer his question, yes, I, there's a lot of benefits and I go over those benefits. You know, when you've got kids that are home and they're stuck at home and I've had offices moved from one area of their home to another because they want a better view of the garden. Mm. You know, and through COVID, this has been a great example of the uh, uh, increase in business because people are there and they were looking at their yards. And they said, this is definitely not a garden. <laughs> no, no. So, 
you know, and it's not just putting a plant or a tree in the ground. Yes, that's important to do that, but it's how that tree is planted and what goes around that tree and how you can present it in a totally different way that, that is so much different about our firm because we spend the time. When I met you and I went into your office the first mm -hmm. time, I saw several remarkable things that I really enjoyed, but one of the things that I did not see coming mm -hmm. is Elvis. Mm -hmm. Big fan of Elvis. Why is that? My mom was a big fan of Elvis. I lived in Hollywood for a great many years growing up. I had bad asthma. The garden was killing me, right. you know, and, and my passion was for the garden, but uh, I was going to see seeing a physician. And uh, so actually I moved from Bakersfield and I lived with guardians and uh, uh, different relatives of my, on my mother's side in Los Angeles and ended up mainly in Hollywood. And we had an apartment there and there was a guy downstairs that I got to know and he was, uh, his name was Chief and he played in a ton of movies because you know, anybody that holds a newspaper, people don't realize this, but if you hold a newspaper or drink a cup of coffee or if you watch a TV show and you see some, those are all actors, right? You know, and he made good living. Like you said, I don't need to be a star. No, no. You know, and he had the right profile that, you know, he was in a ton of shows. But he used to tell me stories, and he had a lot of Elvis stuff there. And he said, I knew Elvis. I grew up with Elvis. You know, and uh, and I used to, you know, there's a lot of people in Hollywood that say. Oh, I used to know yeah. so-and-so. So-and-so is my friend and this right. and that. Everybody's a friend so, of somebody. Yes. So, and everybody's an actor there. So. Right, absolutely. Or at least so, I know an agent. Yeah, so, <laughs> but he, he, he truly was an actor because, I, you know, a couple of the movies that he, he was currently that were being shown at the time, he was in them. So, long story short is, he says, I know Elvis, and sometimes he comes over to my, to my apartment and sees me. So sure, right. I said, really? Uh -huh. yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I really believed that one too. Uh -huh. And I was sitting in his apartment and uh, it was in the afternoon and a uh, white limousine pulls up front and uh, a guy out? gets out and red with the red hair, who's I found out was a long time bodyguard and friend of Elvis's because Elvis didn't go anywhere without somebody with him right. and uh, opened up the door and Elvis walked right through the door and said, Dan Manji, Elvis Presley. <laughs> so. How has being a fan of Elvis impacted your personal and business life? Well, because Elvis is Elvis, you know? You're either a Beatle person or an Elvis person, and I like them, <laughs> I like them both, but I'm more, I'm more closely connected. I feel connected and a bond to Elvis, but uh, Elvis, you know, it's like uh, Mick Jagger said, and there's a small community right. of musicians and bands and people in the entertainment business. When you say the king, everybody knows who everybody you're knows about. you're not you're talking about. You're talking about Elvis. You're right. not, you know, you don't have to use his name to really know who the king is. So that relationship with him, and then and where he came from, his roots, and then really becoming. You know, there's a lot of inspiring things about Elvis, and you know, the fact that he was so giving of himself and uh, so charitable with other people really spoke loudly of, of who he was. So, yeah, I'm a big fan of Elvis, and uh, I uh, I uh, respected him and uh, and had a love for him because of the fact of my mother's connection with him. But 
it changed my life because, I mean, I went from not, not really caring about Elvis Presley, but sitting there with a man for 20 minutes and just, you know, having a conversation with his friend and seeing them interact, it was a completely different uh, person than I actually had thought of. So, Have you taken those traits that Elvis had and is yes. that, is that yeah. rolled over into well, you? Well, you saw his shows. Right. They were bigger. You know, everything I've ever done is bigger than it should be. You know? <laughs> sure, sure. You know? So, you know, when I did home shows, they were always over the top. If I was going to do it, I wasn't going to do it unless it was going to be something that was going to... And some and people still talk about the home show experiences. I haven't done home shows for 10, or 10, 10 years or more. Right. And people still come up to me and say, man, do you remember that, you, you know, you did the volcano, you did the... You know, what does that have to do with landscape? I did Elvis. That was the biggest attendance at any home show that this guy had ever promoted before when I brought it. I brought in one of the best Elvis personators nice. and did a whole blue Hawaii theme garden around it nice. and brought him out. And it was just a packed house. And, and I remember uh, what uh, there was a, someone that was in the crowd. And I would just stand back and, and listen to the people that we're going to that particular home show and, and the, the one husband says, you know, what is this, what does Elvis Presley have to do with anything with landscaping? I don't even know why he, he did that. And she goes, well, you're here. <laughs> there it is. So Elvis has to do with a lot of our lives, just like the garden. So, and he loved Hawaii, I love Hawaii. I mean, there's a lot, I could go on and on about the connections between Elvis and I. He loved the desert, I love the desert. You know, I love the garden, this beautiful green garden, but I love the desert garden too. We're getting ready to do an, um, uh, an expansion of our, our, our drought tolerant and desert garden for our clients uh, to be able to see that, because that, it, it's going to be an important part of our future is to go more and more away from lawns and into planting and drought tolerant planting. Is this evolution from the kind of garden that we're having here to the drought tolerant gardens that you're building is is the acknowledgement or foreseeing the future or planning the future something that you learned very early on from very the early on and and also just knowing that being open to your everything is going to change mm. i think i mentioned that to you earlier today everything's going to change it's the, the people that have problems with it is when they have difficulty in changing I'm not the Dan Manji that I was yesterday. Right. I'm the Dan Manji I'm today. Right. So it's it, it, life is going to change. The garden is going to change. Uh, the weather is going to change, and we have to change with it. Right. So we have to move away from some things that we really were connected to for a long time. We're going to have to learn to live with the less of it, but we're going to have more of the other. So I've always looked at more, not less. I always said my middle name is more. So I want more of life, I want more of the garden, and I want more fun. Sure. And the only way you can have that is, is to, uh, to embrace change. Did you learn this lesson of embracing change through, from your father, or did something happen along the way that made you go, you know, I can't stay like this, I have to change? There's a story in, in one of our gardens as you walk through about my, the garden of two fathers that were dedicated to my father who taught me how to work. That was his gift to me was everybody brings a gift and you give your children something. And my father really gave me the work uh, 
uh, ethic. He really passed that on to me that to, to work hard and uh, life was not going to be easy. So you need to work hard. And then I, uh, his close friend was Kenny Sakamoto, who I, you know, I call my second father because, but he was 94 when he passed, but he was still able to change. You know, he didn't live. And, 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 and I think that change portion of it and the fact that I would share the things that I wanted to do in my life, and they were big changes in the industry and big changes in the way things were going to be done. But he always reinforced that that was good. I wasn't not negative, wasn't bad to do that, but it was good to be able to look at change in that way. So uh, I'd say it's been past. I don't think there's been any original thought by myself. I think it's all been gifts from other people that have shared it with me. You know, people are getting some from the show today because it's important to hear a little bit different take on things because we get stuck in it, you know, and not have any fun. True. And we'll talk more when we come right back. The reason we're here with Dan Manji with Manji Landscaping is because of a visioneer question that came from a visioneer just like you. They reached out to us on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram, and they wanted to find out how do I communicate what my business does for my customers? How do I tell them? How do I show them? And that is why we are here with Dan Wanji, and that's because of a visioneer question that came on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram. So if you have a question, you have somebody that you want to learn from, something that you want to learn about, well, reach out to us on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram today. We're here with Dan Manji, the co-owner of Manji Landscaping, and our visioneer question comes from Stephanie who asks, when speaking to a seasoned customer, how do you portray yourself as someone who will help guide the customer to their solution, even when you want to act like the hero and swoop in and save the day? Well, I've never pictured myself as a hero, number one. Okay. Number two, uh, I, I think that, you know, realizing that <clears throat> It's never going to be possible for me to save everyone, mm. you know, and there's sometimes uh, uh, situations where there's going to be a certain amount of pain that's going to deal with when you've got an issue that comes up. And I'm thinking of <clears throat> a client that's having some major problems and, and, and most, in a lot of cases, if they weren't having problems, I wouldn't be there. Right. You know, especially with, uh, uh, some of the clients that we, we work on projects outside of the greater Bakersfield area. And so uh, part of their problem was getting somebody that was going to be reliable, that was going to be able to be able to take care of it. So what, when I move into a situation where the, the client has had some real difficulties on uh, either with previous experiences or work that has already been done, there's major issues. Right. Uh, what I try to do is bring a certain amount of calm to the situation mm. and say, you know, I'm going to do the best I can to help you. I'm here to help. Mm. That's first of all. Secondly is, is to listen. Listen to the issues and then take each issue as it comes and show them how our company is different mm. and how we're going to approach it differently. You know, and how things are going to happen from this point forward. So, and, they're, they're, and how we're going to communicate with them. Because most of the problem, I don't know about anybody else, but most of the problem is the communication. 
people aren't communicating anymore. And uh, they're not listening. I'm sorry, what? And they're not listening. Right. I think the biggest thing is to listen. Do the best you can with any situation. And uh, try to make everybody's life a little bit better because of it, you know. And give somebody a roadmap. Mm -hmm. Because you've calmed everybody down. You've listened Mm -hmm. to, genuinely listened to their problem. Mm -hmm. And then you're giving them a roadmap. Mm -hmm. How we're going to take care of it. Right. Moving forward, how we're going to take care of it. And build a build a storyline around that. How your our people are going to be able to support that and communicate with them and keep them at ease. So, was this something that you learned? Uh, oh, yeah. Stuff that you read, right. or yeah, was if this? If you're not having problems in business, you're not in business. <laughs> you know, problems are part of our. You know, but you, problems are opportunities. Right. And I've always taken a pretty positive approach to things like that is to as they say don't be afraid of the darkness you know don't be able to be afraid to sit down with a monster find out what's going on sometimes you'll find out that the monster is not as big a monster as you think it is right but you gotta my dad told me a long time ago and and this was before he passed but we did several hundred projects last year we did 285 projects at that time i was probably doing 150 Mm. you know or maybe i'm maybe even 100 Right. And he said, you know, if you have two or three projects to go south on you, that's a pretty good average. Out of 150. Yeah, now we do two. So every time, and, and we do our best to make sure that that client feels good about the experience all the way out the door. You know, because you can't please everybody. Right. And so it's understanding that, that you're going to have a few problems. Again, that goes back to what I said about change. If you can't accept that, you're in big trouble. Sure. But no, no going in that there's going to be problems that are going to be like needing to be solved. And be the best problem solver that you can be. The big part, biggest part of it is to listen and then sometimes to shut up. You know? Sure. I tell my son that, my kids, you know, sometimes when somebody, especially when they get to the point where they're repeating themselves, just let them wear themselves out, then get into talking about the solution. Right. But so often, I've seen inexperienced people dealing in service that try to jump in there too early. They just need a vent, right. you know, because then you're going to look bad if you jump in too early anyways. You're not going to know the whole story. When I came into your office this morning, I saw probably the coolest clock I have ever seen in my life. It's the most accurate one, too. <laughs> it is. It is. Describe for, for visioneers what the clock is and its significance. Well, I'm going to describe who got me that clock, okay, first of all. Okay, sure, sure. You've been sure. introducing me as the co- co-owner because my Mary Kay Gundry, and I'll repeat her name twice. <laughs> sure. Mary Kay Gundry was, is my wife, and she's been with me through, for you know, we've been married almost 40 years. Congratulations. So she's been with uh, most of the growth in the business. But she's the one that gave me that clock because I'm always talking about the now. What does the clock look like? It's just a regular clock, but it has no dials. On. It has no hands on it, you know, so you can't tell what time it is. And it said it's the most important time is right now. And it says now in big letters. Right. And I've had that clock there. And, and sometimes when I get like that, your question that came in, sometimes you have to just remember it's just right now. And now it's, it's like doing this show with you. This is the most important thing in my life. I've been waiting my whole life to do this show. 
See what I mean? Sure, thank you. So I'm, when I'm waiting in line, especially if it's a long line at the store, I get really frustrated because I've had a lot to do. I got some place to go. And they'll say, hey, how are you today? I said, great. I've been waiting my whole life for this moment. Right. Because they have been waiting my whole life for that moment. Right. It's the moment right now. So if I can stay in the now, it's a good place to be. As business owners, we have a tendency to look too much into the now that mm -hmm. we don't give ourselves a break. Mm -hmm. We don't get any time off. And uh, you read a lot mm -hmm. of periodicals. Most of the poor periodicals I get, I'll scan through them. And you'll, trust me, we all get them. Right. right. Just look for the ones that really, and, and that's where the, the headline of it has got to hold me. Right. You know, I read two or three lines into it, and then if it doesn't hold me, I'm moving on. Right. Because I get a lot of periodicals, sure. being in the several, several types of business. Because we're not just in the landscape business. We're, we also do water features. We do patios. We build swimming pool. So I get periodicals and, and trade magazines from all of those types of businesses. Right. But I read one that changed my life. See? Then the guy wrote an article about the vacation that changed his life. The vacation that changed his life. Okay. And, and what, the, what it said was that in business, we can't normally take... I've taken very few two-week vacations in my whole life. But he said, anybody can go away for three nights and four days. And he said, if you do that every month, you've got a pretty good vacation. Right. So my wife and I plan a vacation every month somewhere, do something, either go to the, you know, one of the national parks, go somewhere and enjoy uh, three nights and four days. And that, that changed my life because I guess you can really relax after that third night. Two nights doesn't do it. Right. You know, so I go, we're going on, we've just got back from one. We're going on another one uh, next month uh, uh, over to the coast. And every we go somewhere different every month. And if for some reason the mobile phone happens to accidentally get left in the glove compartment in the car during that time, oh darn. Well, I haven't gotten to that point yet. <laughs> now, obviously, if I'm out of self-service, I don't get calls. But there are times when I'm on vacation, and I think most of us are being self, where we have to check with the office and just a quick check-in. But in most cases, uh, it's a once a time, one time a day thing for me is I'll check in, see how everything's going, everything's critical, it needs to be handled. And I haven't gotten to that point where I can say that yet. But, uh, you know, that's, again, more change that I need to embrace because that's another great idea. It might be life-changing for me. Happy to help. <laughs> what can I say? What makes you get up every morning and open your business? I love it. How I so? love it. I love it. Love it from its very core, you know. I mean, it's just, uh, I've loved... I've always been an early riser. I get up about 4, 35 o'clock in the morning, every morning, and, and uh, my day is, you know, I always said if it's not an eight, and everybody that owns a business knows that, it's not an eight to five job, you know. It's, it's, you're in it, and you have to be in it. I would never do anything that I didn't love. And so, I love this business. I love getting up. I love going in. I love what I do. So, the passion for it has never left. My son asked me, because, you know, 
this will be my 46th, you know, year in the business. Uh, it's just a long time. It is. You know, to be in, in business. Most people would retire by now. And they said, you know, Dad, have you ever thought about retiring? I said, no, I haven't, not yet. Frank Lloyd Wright did some of his best work in his 70s. Yep. He didn't get really rolling until his 70s. Right. So all of them, uh, the, the projects that he's most known for, yeah, they look back at a lot of it, the, the, the series of great projects that he did, but his best work was done later in life. So I don't have any plans for retirement right now. I think I've got another... I don't know. I don't like to get that far out in the future, but I told him, I said, probably 15 years. I'd like to die right here. If, if I, I always love that scene for the Godfather. And I, as, as a young man, when I saw that uh, particular movie and when Marlon Brando died in the garden, I died with him. I said, that's where I want to, when I die, I'd like to have him say, Hey, Dan Manji, he was walking through the garden and he died. That would be the ultimate for me. Then I'm gonna. Then I won't have anything to worry about. I'll get to go home. So, if visioneers wanted to come here to the gardens and experience oh, yeah. the gardens, how did they do that? They just come by. They can. Uh, what's, they the, can what's the address? Right now, it's free. <laughs> it's free. You know. So if there's an event here, <laughs> they can't come in. But but that's the other part of this story because I, you know, I said one day they'll pay me to come into the studio. Right. And I said, at this point, it's still free to come in. Right. Unless there's an event. And then somebody's paying to be here. So, uh, yeah, they just come by. I'm in Bakersfield, California, so we're right off, uh, we're in the Rosedale area. What's the address? Uh, 9401 Shellabarger Road. That's uh, uh, right off between Callaway, uh, right near Brim Hall. So it's uh, easy, not easy to find. You Everybody, have to know it's here. Every, you have to know. And that's the other thing. A lot of people say, why did you want a place that was out? Because I've had places that were out on the street. And then everybody says, hey, I want to buy some plants. Well, that's not what we do here. Right. We sell an experience. So, uh, yeah, we're at 9401 Shellabarger Road. They call my office at 651-588-8067. Our hours of operation are 8 to 5, Monday through Friday. And we are open seven days a week, uh, Saturdays and Sundays, from uh, 10 until 3. And that's the other thing is that has always been a big th hot button for me is my clients are working Monday through Friday. Right. So I have to be available on Saturday and Sunday, and that's why we're open on Saturday and Sunday. They may not be able to see a designer at that time, but they will definitely be able to experience the garden, and that's well worth the trip. And if you get really stressed out, this is the place to come, you know. You might, you know. I know my physician is in here several times <laughs> in a year, just chilling out, and I'll find him sitting here because it's a great place to to hang out, to hang out, to just experience nature in an urban environment and to relax. What's your website address? It's Monji, M-O-N-J-I Landscape Company, dot com. And you're on Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram, all, them, all the all social medias. But I don't know. You'd have to. You know, that would be something better to ask my son. <laughs> but we are on all of them. Dan, this has been a privilege. Thank you very much for joining us here on Small Business Celebration. Thank you. It's been a, f a great time. I've been waiting my whole life for this. Your whole life. That's right. Thank you so much. <laughs> and we'll have my final thoughts when I come right back. 
Toastmasters is a major sponsor of the Small Business Celebration program. In fact, Small Business Celebration started off as an advanced level Toastmasters project. Toastmasters is an organization that can help you learn how to communicate what you do for the people you serve. So join Toastmasters. Go to toastmasters.org forward slash find a club and join a club that can help you communicate what you do to the people you serve. Go to toastmasters.org forward slash find a club and learn how you can communicate more clearly to the people you serve. Go to toastmasters.org forward slash find a club today. No business grows fast enough or big enough or better enough. We, we as business owners have a tendency to always want our businesses to do better in some regard or another. And I fall victim myself to this sort of impatience. I, I have to take a minute to sit down and breathe and relax and, and take a minute and go, you know what? We are progressing. We are growing. Even if I'm a bit impatient. And I was reminded of this a couple of weeks ago when I saw a rose bush in our front yard and I had trimmed it way back for the winter. And I noticed that it was starting to bud. This, this rose bush had all these little buds starting to grow. And I noticed that a couple of them had already blossomed and opened up. And I remembered it had been several months ago when I had trimmed that rose bush. But now it had grown, it had sprouted leaves, and it had grown buds. And those buds were just beginning to blossom. How is that for your business? Are, are you like me? Are you a little impatient trying to hope for bigger, better, faster, stronger? Well, maybe it's a time to take a moment and realize that the work you put in months and months ago is just now starting to bud. Until next week, I hope you learned something on this episode with Dan Monji here at Monji Landscaping. And I hope that you use something that you learned on this episode to grow a strong and profitable business. Thank you for listening to the Small Business Celebration Podcast. Some of today's music was brought to you by Ted Hammond, and you might find more of Ted's music at ReverbNation.com forward slash Ted Hammond. That's ReverbNation.com forward slash Ted Hammond. If you enjoyed this episode and gained some insight from it for your business, subscribe to the Small Business Celebration Podcast at iTunes.com forward slash Small Business Celebration and give us a five-star review. Also, if there's a business you'd like us to interview, reach out to us on LinkedIn and Facebook and let us know. Until next time, I'm your host, Michael Roberts of the Small Business Celebration Podcast, and we wish you a strong and profitable business.